Welcome to the Watershed Teaching Podcast. Watershed is the high school ministry of Perimeter Church in Johns Creek, Georgia. Perimeter Church is part of the Presbyterian Church in America. Watershed is a place where we hope high school students would connect, receive, and transform. We want to see students connect with God and others through healthy community, receive His truth through gospel-centered, grace-based teaching, and be transformed by the gospel to then go transform their world. Thank you for downloading this podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.perimeter.org slash watershed. You tell me this. How many of you guys have ever been on a group project? Yeah? Love them or hate them? Hate them. Yeah, it's me too. I hated them, right? Uh, it's like some of the most dreaded words that can come out of your teacher's mouth other than pop quiz or we're going to take a test today. I'm going to see how well you guys have been doing, right? She says, we're going to do a group project, right? And if it's good, uh, it's usually then, like, you, we get to pick our own groups, but oftentimes that's not the case, right? We get assigned groups, right? And so we may kind of think about group projects like this, where it's, uh, a, you know, just random assortment of people, right? And naturally what happens is you get formed into these groups, and you've got to figure out, well, who's the leader, right? And usually the leader is whoever the person is that's most well-spoken, right? Maybe they're the most popular person in the group, right? I don't know when you look at this picture, if a leader immediately jumps out to you, I think it's interesting, like they're all looking at one book. That just seems like inefficient use of time to me, right? Uh, You have the leader. May not be the smartest person in the group, but definitely they are the best BSer, right? We all know who those people are, right? It may be you, in fact, right? We we also got to think about, okay, if this is a project where we have to present something, we need to have an artsy person, Right? We have to have like a cool graphic or we have to great, make a, a, a nice board. Right? So we've got to figure out, well, who's the artsy person in our group to make our project look presentable? That was never me because I got chicken scratch. All right? um, it might be you. You might be that person that gets tasked with, hey, design our board. Design our diorama or whatever it is. You guys, hopefully you guys don't do dioramas in high school. That would be too beneath you, right? Right, we got to figure out who the academically minded people are, right? AKA the nerd, the person who's going to do all the work for us. We got to figure it out. Who is going to do the grunt work? Naturally, also, we probably figure out who, who's going to keep it light. We can't, you know, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. We don't want that. We, we need to have someone that's going to interject some levity into the group. We also got to find out who the friendly people are in the group. Notice here that no one has a cookie in their hand. You need a friendly person in your group to bring cookies to group study times, right? And if you're not going to bring a cookie to group, maybe what you will do is invite them into your house and say, hey, let's have the study group at my house instead of Starbucks or instead of the library, okay? And of course, of course, everyone says, I'll do my part. I'll help out in any way that I can. And we all know that's not true, right? It's every man for himself, right? It's uh, fill this group however you want. It it becomes uh, the Hunger Games. It becomes Lord of the Flies. It can devolve into Battle Royale. It can become into this like uh, post-apocalyptic world like Bird Box where everyone's just kind of like, I'm not going to look at it. If I don't look at the project and ignore the project, I'll stay alive. It's fine. I'll just kind of wander about. Someone will lead me to where I need to go. That old blind man will save me and we'll be okay. Right? If you haven't seen the movie, then you have no idea what I'm talking about. If you're anything like me, you dreaded group projects. I hated this. 
right? I, I would smile and nod, and I would participate in the group meeting time, and then I would go home, and I'll do all the work, and then I'd go back to the group and say, hey, guys, guess what? I've done it all. Let's, let's just use my work, because I knew my work would get the A. There was no way I was going to let a motley crew of good-for-nothings uh, determine my grade. <laughs> you are a good-for-nothing, Thayer says. So if you go to Paul Duke and you ever in a group project with uh, Thayer Cook, do not, uh, do not be in his group. He will try to find you. Right, yeah. Um, in other words, you might call me a, uh, a maverick, right? Uh, I'm a baller when it comes to group projects because I would just do it myself, right? Um, I'm kidding. What I'm getting at is this. What I'm getting at is this. Where does your heart and where does your mind go when you're tasked with something that you cannot do on your own? If you're like me, you still try to do it on your own. Some of you will try to rally the team together. Some of you will say, like, so long as I don't have to do the work myself, the better, right? I will do my part, but everyone else had better do their part. When something is beyond your ability, what do you do? I want us to look at this chapter here in Genesis 1. And today's lesson is, is going to get into something that can be super, super deep. And I'm going to try to go as deep as we can into a lot of time that we have but will probably, probably will require some more of your own personal study. And so hopefully you guys can go back to your groups tonight and talk about this a little bit further. But let's read Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read verses 28 through, I think it's all of 30, yeah, through 31. This is what the Bible says. And God blessed them, Adam and Eve, right? And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. You may have missed it, right? There's obviously a lot of um, command here, like this is all yours. Everything that I've created, it's in your hands, but let's not miss this. Let's go all the way back to verse 28. And it says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And that's the phrase that I want us to stick on for tonight. So with that, let me pray for us just real quick, and then we'll go on with the teaching. Heavenly Father, would you illumine the scriptures to us? It is one thing for us to read it simply with our eyes and to speak it with our mouth, but another thing entirely to believe it and to, and to, uh, to live it out. And there's only so far that we can go on our own ability. God, we need you, and that's why we pray. Would you make these words alive to us? Would you awaken our hearts? Would you enliven our lives? For your glory, for your namesake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's the thing. God created the world, then God created man, right? And when I say man, I mean like mankind, humanity, right? And gives man the task, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. This is known as the creation mandate. And you may have also heard of it as the cultural mandate, and we'll get to that in just a second. Okay, this is the creation mandate. This is a big project, right? This is equivalent, I mean, this is more than 
This is greater than the equivalent of a teacher giving you a group project. This is a mighty, mighty task that God, the creator, has given to Adam and Eve, his creation. Okay? There are a couple of things I want you to know. All right? And this is the first thing. The command to fill the earth and multiply is not just given to Adam and Eve. Let's look at this. There's a comparison here of, uh, I think it's verse 22. God blessed them, the animals, and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters and the seas, let the birds multiply on the earth. What it's getting at is this. God created on the fifth day, on the fifth day, and he said, Animals, my creation, fill the earth. Right? And then he says in verse 28, Blessing them, Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. But what does he change? Subdue it. Have dominion over it. So the command to be fruitful and to multiply, while that is both to the created order and to us human beings, there is something that we need to note. I think it's something that we often overlook. And the second thing that I want to point out is that we're commanded to subdue to subdue and have dominion. So what does that mean? I'll get to that in just a second. Here's another distinction that's made. Right? You may have heard this. You're probably more familiar with this. Right? We see after when God created on the fifth day, he saw what he made and said it was good. He says this, in fact, after every day, except for the sixth day when he creates man and woman. What does he say then? He saw all that he had created and said that it was very good. This is it. I've done it. I made it. This is, what, this is what I want. Before it was good, but now this, this is it. We've gotten it. Okay? These are important things for us to understand. When God created, he created with intentionality. When God created, he created it for purpose. And he gives his creation a command, fill the earth. But to humans, to mankind, he says, now go and subdue it. Have dominion over it. Now your mind might jump to this. Well, that means I can do everything and use everything for my own purpose so long as I'm happy. Don't read that much into it. That's not how God operates. That's not what the context is here. He says, eat of the fruit or eat of the trees, have dominion over the animals, but there's this understanding of stewardship. Use it well. It's not for your glory, Adam and Eve, but it is for my Glory. In essence, what God is saying is you go out into the world and you put a sign in front of everything and you say, God made this and this is for his glory. And you yourself wear a sign, God made me and I am made for his glory. So is the command simply to procreate? Yes and no. It is to fill the earth. And but you might be thinking, well, today, what, what relevance does this creation mandate have for us today? Well, you might look around and say, we've got a lot of people on this earth, and there's a lot of animals on this earth. I think that whole idea of filling the earth and multiply has been fulfilled, right? But has the subduing, has the dominion piece been fulfilled? And I would say no. I would say no, especially in regards to the gospel. Now, listen to what the ESV Study Bible has to say about this. I should have put this on a slide. God's creation plan is that the whole earth should be populated by those who know him and serve wisely as his vice regents or representatives. Now hold on to that word, representative. God created so that the whole earth would be filled with his representatives. Now would we say that that is true today? Has, in that sense, the the creation mandate been fulfilled? No. It's pretty obvious when we go out into the world. We see a lot of brokenness. 
the life of Dr. Martin Luther King, evidence of brokenness. Not just his life, but the American history. You don't even have to look at American history. You look at all around. There's a lot of brokenness in this world. Are all things under God's control? Yes. But have they all been subdued by God? No, they have not. And that is the heart of tonight's talk. That is the heart of this message, or this passage, I believe. God made this, and it's for his glory. God made you and me, and we are made for his glory, to give glory to God. So work at it. Live for it. Breathe it. Work toward it. This is what we are called to do. This is our job, in a sense. And I don't mean that we work at it so as to receive favor from God. We work at it because as God's representatives, we are joyful to do what it is that he commands us to do. We don't do it begrudgingly. And this is where the creation mandate turns into or can also be known as the cultural mandate. We are to dominate culture. And when I say dominate, again, don't hear it as I need to go out and I need to exert my, my, uh, my power over people. This is what I mean by dominate. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. Don't miss this, all right? Here we go. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us. He repaired the relationship to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So God himself has repaired the relationship and he's saying to you, now you go and you go and repair the relationship between the lost and those who know Christ. Verse 19, that is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself. In verse 20, not counting their trespasses, oh, I'm sorry, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, and I shouldn't say, oh, that's kind of like a sub- um, superscript note O, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So don't miss this. Remember what I had said about what dominion and what subduing looks like? It means to be representative of the king, of God's kingdom on the earth. Paul, speaking after Christ, is saying, now you are to be ambassadors. And what is an ambassador? A representative. And we're going to talk next week about this idea of how the fall messed up the creation account. Everything was very good. And then chapter later, everything goes very bad. And it takes 60 some odd books for us to get back to a point where things are good again. In fact, better and perfect through Jesus Christ. And Paul knows this. And he wants to nail this message home. We were created for God's purpose. Now God is using you. He says, I could do this on my own, but I'm not going to. I'm going to restore the order when I first created. And I'm going to give you this opportunity to be my representative. Be an ambassador for me and for the gospel. This is what he says. Last week, Emilio talked about this idea of being known is to be loved, right? And that is a deep longing in every single one of us. I believe it. I know I wrestle with that on a day-to-day basis. 
I want to be known, and I want to be loved. And God is telling you, he's telling us tonight, not only do I know you, I know you because I created you. I know everything about you, and I love you. And I want you to make other people see that they too are loved and known. And doing that, we give glory to God. That is how we give glory to God, is by making him known. And you may have heard this phraseology before. The greatest thing is to know God and to make him known. That, in essence, is the creation mandate, is the cultural mandate. Know God and make him known. Now, I want to jump back to the very first watershed of 2019. Do you remember what word Emilio said that we want at Watershed to pursue together? I just gave it away. Together. That's right. Right? If you were there, uh, that was horrible because I saw it there on my page like in big, bold letters, and I said it. Dang it. Anyway, it's okay. You remember what Emilio shared three weeks ago? What was the word he challenged us with? Together. Together. That's right. We can't do this on our own strength and power. We absolutely need Jesus. And part of being a part of a community and being a church body is that we do this together. You guys may be familiar with the passage in 1 Corinthians where it talks about the eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the ear, I don't need you. We're connected together by Christ for his purpose, for his glory. So take full advantage of the offerings that we have here, guys. Whether it's in your small group, your discipleship group, watershed, large group community like this, retreats, lifestyle, and Tegan's going to come up and talk about that in a second. We've got rush into summertime. There are go journeys that we can go on together as well. There are multiple, multiple opportunities where we as a community of watershed come together, united through Christ, united through the gospel, and we bring about cultural change. We've got to pray toward those ends, guys, because I know I don't do it enough. Because my mentality is, i got to do it on my own. And that's where I need to grow. And I want you to grow with me together in this. Together, let's know God and make him known. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your good news. Because we're, we're lost. Uh, we're frustrated. Um, when we try to do it on our own. When we try to save ourselves. We think that being good is enough. And we come to the realization that being good on, an, on its own is not going to save us. It's not going to give us our worth. It's not going to give us a sense of value and identity. We long for something greater, and that's intentional because, God, you made us intentionally for you. And so, God, help us to not only know you, but to allow you to work in our lives. So some of us, Lord, in this room... We are running to you. God, I pray that you would deepen that affection and love for you, deepen our emotions for you, God. And not only those things, but also our minds as well. Some of us in this room, God, we're running away. We refuse to believe it. We choose not to hear. And God, I pray that those ears would indeed hear, that those hearts would indeed be soft, and that those hands would be outstretched and say, God, I need you. Spirit, only you can do that. And so, God, we pray that you would be working in the hearts and lives of students. And for those of us, God, in this room who could be, um, who just couldn't care less, we're indifferent, we're apathetic, 
Maybe we're walking around like with blindfolds on. God, would you awaken us? As Paul talks about in the letter of, to the Ephesians, would you open the eyes of our hearts that we may see you, the beautiful things in your gospel and your good news. Lord, would you do a work in our ministry, in this church, in this community, in our county and beyond, in our state, in our country, in this world. We believe that you can do it and you will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, y'all.